Hello, and welcome to The Adrian Ross Show, a product of the BMG Network. So glad you're tuned in at thebmgnetwork.com, the BMG Network's YouTube channel, or a major podcast platform. It's time for another exemplary episode. So here we go. Welcome to another episode of The Adrian Ross Show. I'm glad you're tuned in. And we're going to do things a little bit differently on the Adrian Ross show today. We've had our last, oh my goodness, probably three weeks. I was going to say two weeks, but our last three weeks have been really deep um, episodes. We talked about, about marriage to a couple who's been married for almost 60 years. And then I spent the last two weeks talking about single life to single people, myself included. Today, we're going to take a break from, from that, um, that deep stuff, although it could get deep. And we're going to answer, I'm going to answer some questions. I had some people submit some questions that they wanted me to to answer. And so this is a Q&A episode. And uh, I have a guest with me, uh, Kia Cordo, and she's actually going to lead the way uh, with sharing these questions that I've been asked. And I'm going to answer those questions. And... um, and you'll get to know a little bit about me. And I have a feeling probably a little bit about Kia also. So I was going to turn this over to Kia. And uh, we're going to start the first Q&A episode of the Adrian Russia, hopefully the first of many. So what did people uh, want to know about me? You're going to find out shortly. All right, Kia, what's up? Okay, well, we might as well start with a bang. And let's get into some controversy because that's what we like to do here. So sometimes. Um, yes. What would you say to Christians that turn, quote, unquote, woke? Obviously, I'll read the rest. Obviously, it's not me. I've been seeing people around me that grew up in church and loved God, though it seems, and now went completely opposite. Like it was all religious abuse, that Jesus was just a man and hell isn't real. Wow. The question again, then. Yeah. What would you say to Christians that turned, quote, unquote, woke? You know, it's 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 interesting uh, the hour we're living in. When I say the hour, I mean the times. The culture has changed so much, so fast, and it's a drastic change. And I think I, I honestly think that that there is a spirit of deception that is running rampant. And so you find Christians who like like the question says all their lives they know the truth, right? And now, did she say, uh, or did the, she, he say that it's, they're talking about hell's not real? Well, um, this person said, uh, I've been seeing people around me that grew up in church and loved God, though it seemed, and now went completely opposite. So I'm not sure if the person is saying, um, do they not love God anymore? Or are they questioning what, questioning their beliefs? Right. Uh, I'm not sure. It says like it was all religious abuse that Jesus wasn't was just a man and hell isn't real. So is that the you know, I, I have I have some questions about the question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> questions about the question. Right. Well, I'll just say this. If there's someone who is a who is a, supposedly a Christian and now they're saying that hell's not real, then they've lost lost sight of the very source of their faith. And, and the, the source of their faith is that the word of God is the truth. You know, and the truth says that God is real and so is hell, you know. So um, we cannot allow the culture 
to dictate what we know is true. And I believe that's a fight that we're going to have to battle because it's everywhere. You know, this, this, the, the way that things have changed, the whole, the woke stuff has been even, um, it's sort of like, it's loving to be woke, you know? And if you're not woke, if you, you know, then, then, then you're not, you're not really a Christian because you don't really love. And to that, I often say, y'all better read the way Jesus handles some stuff. That's right. Well, like, like Jesus would say, you know, you twice dead plucked up by the roots, you know? There were ways that he dealt with stuff. And uh, and a lot of people want to make him like like a very, very sissified and all that. No, he wasn't. He didn't allow the culture to dictate truth. And so what do I say? I say that um, people need to get back to the basics. And the basics are, what does the word say? What does Jesus say? And that's what should uh, drive us. You know, if that's what the question is asking, then it sounds to me like people are, are deceived. Or if she's saying they don't love the Lord anymore, then then my then I would say then we need to we need to repent and we need to um you know we need to pray for people that they that they love the Lord again. You know? Yeah. Well now do you think that the question is really asking about um you know I, I guess when I first read the question I thought well what what do you mean by woke? Because woke can be, you know, that's subjective so that i think in itself in of itself holds several questions um and then of course like you said if um you know if people are just rejecting god then clearly that's you know you're reject god that's anti-god but you know so that's anti-christ therefore you're not a christian so but the, yeah. putting that piece aside what do you mean by woke? right that's and that's a good question and the person who uh, who posed that question can follow up at touch base and, and, and clarify, right? This is when you kind of wish that you had like a, um, a show where there could be people who, people who submit questions and they're right there. And so you can ask for that clarification, which we don't have the opportunity to do, but um, you know, what, what do you mean by woke? That's, that's a good question. So with the knowledge, with the information that I have, you know, that's the answer that I have that we're not about being woke true, true awakening is following what the Lord says. You know, if you're talking about following every new thing that the culture throws out, then, you know, all I have to say is, no, you know, we got to get back to what's true. Right. All right. All right. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. I think think we have to, you have to get out to your listeners that you need to follow up, you know? Yeah. I want to know more about the question. I want to know more about where it's coming from. I agree. I agree. All right. Next question. Let's see. Um, Adrian, I'd like to know what you think about what's happening with the Republican Party. Mm. My opinion is that it has, I'm going to have to use my glasses on this one. This sure. <laughs> my opinion is that it has spiraled into immorality. I turned independent the minute the party pledged allegiance to Trump, who I consider a poor excuse for a man. Then they ran last year with no problem. I think they are beyond repair. Mm. They, what was the last one? They, not the beyond repair part, but they ran last year with no, no what? Then they ran last year with no platform. With no platform. Okay. Well, there's a lot in that there. Okay. Um, There's what in the world is going on with the Republican party. And then there's the obvious disdain for, uh, for Donald Trump. And then of course, I'm assuming uh, this person is referring to the midterm elections and, and, and what a, what a mess 
Uh, what a mess that was, um, you know, which some people think it did. Well, it didn't turn out the way people expected. So I'll start with what is the problem with the Republican Party? The problem with the Republican Party is the same thing that's the problem with the Democratic Party. And that is that both parties are a mess, <laughs> right? Both parties are a hot mess made of people, you know? And so for anyone who has looked to a politician or politics uh, to be the answer, then we're going to be disappointed. And this, there is a, there is the establishment in the Republican Party. And I think that they're only concerned about preserving their seats and their power, you know, and, uh, and I'm not saying everyone, because even, even though I say we're not looking to a politician for the answer, I do believe in backing politicians who truly have a servant's heart. And I, and I don't like when I hear people say that all the time that no politician is to be trusted. That's I just don't believe that. I believe that God places people in different areas to to represent him. And I believe there's some people who are uh, who are trying to do that, you know, but the establishment Republican Party or otherwise can be a problem, can be so rooted into um, the status quo, into um, going along to get along and into preserving power more than caring about people and, and making uh, sound decisions. Absolutely. And um, and that is an issue with this, Repu- this Republican party as well, you know? And um, it seems to me that that question is attached to um, the support of Donald Trump, you know, um, because he obviously doesn't uh, hold up to this person's idea of a good person. Um, what did the person say? He's a poor excuse of a man. A poor excuse of a man. Mm. Choice words. Yeah. Well, I know that Donald Trump um, rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Um, I'm going. I take exception to that comment that he's a poor excuse of a man. Mm-hmm. I think that Donald Trump is. Um, he's very bold. He's brazen. Mm-hmm. He's um, a counterpuncher. Uh, he is, um, you know, uh, you know, he says a New York fighter. Um, but I, I would never describe him as a poor excuse of a man because I've got to look at where he stands on on the issues. Mm-hmm. I can't in this hour we're living in. I can't put personalities <clears throat> over policy and over love for country. And it seems to me that if you're going to take a swipe at Donald Trump, knowing him as we do, that he is bold and brazen, all that, uh, then you should expect that he's going to fight back. You know, does he have a perfect past? Uh, No, but most people don't, you know, but I do believe that he is a man of character. And from what I understand, he is a man who is open to the Lord and who keeps people of faith around him who are praying for him. And he has tried to, uh, to take a stand for things that, that, that Christ that matter to Christians, you know, our religious freedoms and, uh, the unborn, you know? And I mean, so I, I, and I respect him. I respect him for that. And, um, so I don't know the poor excuse of a man, I don't know if that's was past and talk about different issues with relationships or, you know, I don't know if that's the meaning. That's the thing about it, but that's also like people who are like, well, Donald Trump is, you know, he used to be pro abortion and all that. And I'm like, you know, if we're going to be people, 
who believe that, that they're going to pray and believe for change, then, then when there is a change, we should, we should be glad to change. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. People can change and that's, and that's okay. So yes. yeah, and, uh, yeah, people, people can change and, and we either believe it or we don't. Now I know some people change according to, you know, um, what they're running for or who they're trying to, you know, pander to and, and stuff. But, but I believe that he has been steady on, um, on his positions. And so I just, I, I think he was, well, he was a good president, you know, and um, so I know people like, oh, I think character matters and all that personality matters. And yeah, Donald Trump, sometimes he says things that you're like, you really didn't have to do that. Or he punches down and I'm just like, just let that go, you know, but um, I I would take that because we need a fighter right now. That's you right. know, I would take that. You said it. You said it. Um, the both sides, both parties are are a hot mess, and we've got to go back to George Washington. You said who warned the founders: "Do not create parties. You're going to bring division." And we see oh. that over and over and over again, year after year. And so you, you have a man like Donald Trump, who's who's a warrior, who's not going to back down, who's not going to be afraid, he's not going to be bullied, if you yeah. will. He's just not going to do it. And you send him to Washington and he stirs up the muck and the mire and the swamp. You know, he's a swampster. Yep. Not yep. only a swampster, he kills the giants. So yep. you can't ask for a giant killer and not expect it to be bloody. You just can't. <laughs> That's so, good. Saying, you know, what do you want? So I think he, he served a purpose for that time, for that season. You know, who knows what's next? Um, you know, will he make a will he make a comeback? You know, that's another question. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the you know, in terms of the Republican Party, I love um I heard recently, love that, you know, you know, you take a stand for something. We know that the Republican Party, everything that the Republican Party stands for is not correct. It's just it's just not because no. you know, because it because it's it's um it's partisan. And so yeah. if you're are pressed and and Push, pushing people against a wall to say vote this way because it's Republican, not because it's right, then that just makes it wrong, right? Exactly. You know, or yeah. correct. So, I mean, in the same thing with Democrats, you know, so we can't, you, you can't be for the people and for your constituents in the continental United States and say, oh no, I'm voting every way, in every instance, Republican or, or even Democrat because it doesn't satisfy the needs of all the people of the country. I mean, that's, that's right. Mine. Yeah. And but and you know what? One thing I do, like you said, you know, about George Washington and not having division. See, I'm one of those people who people are like, oh, so and so is so polarizing. And and I'm like, yeah, that's because there should be a dividing line between light and dark. And there are some some areas that we can we can um, be bipartisan with and we can talk out and we can compromise. There are some areas you, you just you, you just light and dark. So I should be polarizing because there should be a difference, you know. Um, but in the Republican Party, when you have, you know, your Mitch McConnells, you know, who appear to be snakes and, you know, like a snake in the grass. So, and, and you, you know, it's time for the midterm elections and you you pull money out, you know, from, a new, from the new guard, you know, so that you can preserve uh, people who are in your, you know, back pocket, that's right. It, it, a lot of dirty wheeling and dealing and all this other stuff that went down in the midterm elections that people want to go, well, we didn't come, it didn't come out the way we wanted to come out or we didn't have a platform. We didn't have this or that. You know, we also didn't have leadership That's right. who did the right thing. 
you know, who took people's donations that they brought put in and put it and removed them in key, at a key moment to put somewhere else to preserve people like your Lisa Murkowski's, et cetera. So, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a hot mess. It really is. And as far as being, you know, here in where I live, you're not, you don't um, register as a particular party, you know? So I, I kind of like that because in New York, I couldn't be an independent. I could have, but I wanted to vote in the primary. I want to have, I don't want to have what's left. I want to have something to say about what's there to begin with, you know? But other than that, I could have been uh, an independent, except the Republican Party's platform, as it is stated, is a good one. It's just that, what are they doing with it? That's right. Yeah. So, with it. yeah, that was a, that was a long way around that question. Right. Yeah. That's it. Well, you know, I think um, let's can we kind of go back to that? You know, um, kind of piggyback on the previous question is um, on what's happening with the Republican Party and our and our um, idea of wokeism. You know, I'm in state of Florida, and our governor is taking a serious stand, and he's getting, of course all the flack for it. So, I, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't run for president just so we can keep him in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. to keep um, Governor DeSantis a little bit longer. But, you know, really fighting for wokeism, that we can't be emotionally driven and that our, our platform, you know, it, is that something that you see the Republican Party fighting against in a general way or should we, should it be isolated? Should How specific should that wokeism ideology um, be fought against in the Republican Party. How specific, you know, in other words, you're saying there are certain things that are called wokeism that are not necessarily woke, but the right thing? Or, you know, is that, is that, a, is that part of the party platform? You know, where, where this writer asked or listener asked, um, you know, what do you think about what's happening with the, with the Republican Party? I mean, there's that, definitely that fight across the nation of, you know, fighting against wokeism is there, is that a, is that a light and dark, black and white issue that we say we separate all wokeism or is there some, you know, are there yeah. some gray areas? Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think you're probably going to have um, differences of opinion on what is, what is woke, what is being woke. Like, for example, I just wrote a column <clears throat> because uh, Super Bowl, uh, you know, did the, the black national anthem and uh, and then the national anthem, and um, I'm not going to get into that to the whole column of it, but you know Carrie Lake, who was the candidate for governor of Arizona, you know the media is all a buzz because she's seen sitting there during the black national anthem, leg crossed, you know, hands on her face and not standing, you know. Um, and my position on that, and I said, I know I'm going to, my position is going to make the uh, black liberals upset. And it's also going to tick off conservatives because my mindset is I do not agree with the black national anthem being played at the Super Bowl or sporting events. Um, and the reason for that is the reason why they're doing it. And that is these people couldn't give a lick. Probably some of them never heard of it before, but it's the whole woke agenda. It's the whole, um, you know, let's apologize for what we never did, but our ancestors did. And, you know, the black lives matter thing. And it's, it's this whole thing, you know, that they're trying to do. So I'm not in agreement with that. Absolutely. But I do not agree with Carrie Lake sitting down through it um, because she said, well, 
you know, I was there for the national anthem and we only have one national anthem. And sure, we do. But we we stand for uh, other reasons. We stand for songs that we don't that are, you know, I mean, it just seems pick your battles, right. you know, and you can I don't think it would have made her a hypocrite to just stand. You know, there are people who don't want to do the Pledge of Allegiance. They don't want to say it for whatever reason. They don't care for the Star Spangled Banner for whatever reason, but they just stand. They don't sing it. They don't say it. They just show respect. I think for her, if she had a true heart, um, excuse me, conviction, then follow your conviction. Or were you just trying to make sure nobody thought you were woke? That's where... That's one of those lines that I have there. Yeah, that's a that's a good um, it's a good framework to look at it and say, okay, um, you know, what are we really doing here? What are we accomplishing? What are we trying to accomplish here? Are we trying as a as a collective, um, you know, responsible citizens of the most amazing country in the world, trying to bring people together in unity? You know, all of those things can be argued in the face of these daily tweets and daily little yeah. idiosyncrasies that people just want to, you know, want to fight about. Come sure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And again, I don't, I don't like the reason behind it, choosing it, but I don't like the response. I, I don't, I just think it was necessary, you know, but anyway. All right. So I hope we answered your question. Yeah. Well, and if not, you have to write, you have to write her back. Okay. Yeah. You are in answering that question. So that's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Um, so wait, so I need to give a piggyback on that. Um, okay. <laughs> we get to the point where we would introduce another party, a successful party, an independent party. Um, you know, if Bernie Sanders has his way. <laughs> Bernie you know, Sanders. Would we, will we ever get rid of, get rid of that um, bipartisan? Um, a two-party system? System, yes. Uh, I, you know, whenever you bring that up, I've done some, commentary on that whenever you bring that up people are like no because that person won't be able to win you know and they're only going to split the vote and you know and i understand that because i you know been trying to get in the battle with the whole ranked choice voting and that and i've also talked about how that splits the vote so i i get the the point of not wanting to split the vote vote however i have been a person who i mean i'm on record as saying i i'm tired of both of them and i'd love there are some people i think there are few people i think who could mount a third party run. I think those people are few and far between, you know, but um, I think it could be done. And, uh, and I don't like, I don't like the idea people like, it's like they have, well, they, it's like they have us over a barrel, but we can't, we can't, we can't have that. Cause you need the, you need the financial backing. If you're a Republican, you know, you need to run as a Republican because you need the financial backing of the party. Well, Mitch McConnell just told us we can't count on that, you know, or you need people to get behind you and speak in your corner. Well, you know, ask Sarah Palin about how much people stood behind her in the, the establishment, you know? So are we trying to be true to people in a system that's not true to people who are really trying to stand for what we should be standing for? So I think the right people could do it. I think a Donald Trump could do it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, think- I think a Sarah Palin could do it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, I think if we, if, if this generation, I teach high schools, I teach high schools, juniors and seniors, and we're constantly talking about how do we change this, you know, um, and, and I um, question, I question their questions with questions and make them ask yes. questions and see if they can come up with an answer. And so, you know, we have talked about lots of controversial things, guys, what do we do about this, you know? Um, anyway, um, and I think if our, this generation would learn some things, learn how, um, learn what the democratic process is really about and not get stuck in the emotions, not get stuck in wokeism, not get stuck in what they, the piece, little pieces of information they see on social media and yeah. learn, learn something, they could really take the country into a whole new, a, new, a whole new area of, of, of working, a, the, the real democratic process, okay? Mm -hmm. Everyone really has a vote. You know where we, yeah. where we say, okay, this is what you know. These are the people. This is what the people from the constituents from New York want. This is what constituents constituents from Florida want. You know, those in, in Missouri. You know, this is what our people want. This is what our neighborhoods need. This is what our communities need. And you wow. know, so I'm I'm challenging my young people. I'm like, yeah. you're the leaders. You're the leaders. Come on, you can do this. So and and that's I like hearing that from you. And she uh, she says she's a teacher, but your your major was uh, also political science as an undergrad. You know, so so yes, yeah, good to have you. It's good to have you chiming in on that. But I, I I long for people who truly, and it might be, it might take some of us people, you know, who really don't want to do it. You know, maybe the Lord is calling some people to do that. I mean, George Washington, he he didn't want to necessarily serve, and those are probably the people we need to serve. That's right. You know, um, they they see the need, they they hear the call, and they respond, even though. It's a sacrifice to do that. You know, all you got, and you can think whatever you want of it, but what, Kevin McCarthy, it took 15 votes, what, for him to be speaker. At what point do you say, I'm listening to the people, you know, here even, and and I, and I bet, you know, I back down off of that. You know, are you gonna, I'm gonna fight this thing to the end. Was that the right decision to make? I, you know, you decide, but it just looked a little self-serving to me. Right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what kind of shakeup actually happens. What kind of movement we have going on there? Are we going to waste taxpayer taxpayers' money? We'll yes. See. Yes. That yes. leads me to my next question. If okay. Is um, let's see. We've got a couple of in here. Um, have you ever thought? I got to find it now. Uh -huh. Let's see. Would you ever consider running for a local political office? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I I don't want to. Uh, I think I'm at the, uh, Adrian, Adrian. <laughs> you know, um, I've had people ask me uh, about that. I've had other people ask me, I've had people say that they would, they would like me to, um, I've had people say they feel I'm called to, you know, and, um, I don't want to. So, but that doesn't mean anything. Like if, if I really feel that, that like oh my goodness I'm gonna say if there's an open door I'll walk through it right I, but I I really and that's not what I'm saying at all but if if I really felt like the Lord wanted me to do that and made that very plain right um I'd like to believe I have an obedient heart and I would do that sometimes I I think about I'm like oh that sounds pretty good because I, a lot of people judge a call by the outcome of something. And I'm not one of those people. Like people will laugh at somebody who say, I really felt called to do this and they didn't win. 
And then the haters will laugh because they'll say, well, obviously, you know, you said you were called, but you didn't win. But see, God doesn't think like we think. You know, sometimes you're called to do something because of the impact that you're making as you're doing it. Right. The platform, the word, you can speak truth and all that. Not to say that God always wants us to lose because I'm tired of losing these, these things. You know, I want some of these people to win who need to win. But um, I, the, sometimes I'll think about it and go, you know, I'd love to be able to have an opportunity on a, on a bigger stage um, not to pat myself on the back, but where I have more voices to be able to speak and make a difference, you know, and be able to inspire people. But there's more to governing than making speeches <laughs> and inspiring people, right? Um, so the answer is I would if I felt called to, but I, I feel more called to um, back other people who are certainly called to that arena. Uh, more than doing it for myself. But I have reason to believe that maybe down the line, um, it might be a situation where um, it has been modeled for me and then for me to to pick up the ball and then run with it. Well, honestly, um, as you're talking, I'm thinking of um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who, who, you know, didn't seek out to be the face of the civil rights movement, but the movement came to him and he had to move. So we'll just see what the Lord, how the Lord moves you. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll share this and people, people have heard me in the podcast, you know, that I know that the Lord does speak through dreams and stuff. And so someone had come to me, um, oh goodness, it's over a year now, maybe a year and a half ago, almost. Yeah. And uh, she'd had a dream and it was, it was a dream about me being uh, uh, running for governor of Missouri. And it came in a, um, there was like a letter. I have to, I read it not, again, not that long ago, but it came in like a letter from the people. Um, and I was, she was somehow in my, in my office area with me. And, and I was like, no, 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 I'm like, no. And so they were wanting me to run and I was resisting. And, um, and so then, it, you know, they were calling on me and another thing. And so at some point, and then they offered me like, uh, there was a, a it was money or it was something they offered me. And I'm like, it was like, because we need you, you know? And I was like, how can I turn this down? How can I turn this down? And then I, um, I agreed to do it. And that she was saying, I was going all these places and I was making speeches and all, and there were the people, there were two people running. She explained like the other two were running and the whole thing. It was really, really fascinating. Um, But I eventually said yes, because it's what, they, you know, she was like, they're calling for you. They want you, you know, and uh, and I eventually said yes in her dream um, and everything. It, it's more to it, but fascinating. So I don't know, maybe. What do you think? Do you can you see me? Right. You know me now. This is Kia. He and I have been friends forever. You know, we went to college together. We uh, we were roommates after college in college, too. And after college. I mean, we're sisters to the bone, right? So you know me very well. I don't know. What do you think? I think, like I said, I think if the, the I, I don't think it's something that you would seek out, but um, if the situation um, arose where you had, you couldn't stay quiet about it and yeah. it propelled you to the next, to that level, then yeah, I can definitely see it. But I know that's some, not something that you are going to, you know, you're going to lay out, okay, this is, this is happening. I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. So, so we'll see, like I said, we'll see how God moves you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll you yeah. Know, comes, comes your way. You know, I do think that you will be a, um, you know, that you are, you are a voice to be reckoned with, you know, uh, you know, to, 
create, um, to bring rather not create, bring clarity when, um, when the waters are muddy, um, when things are, you know, when things need more, more, um, more clarity, you know, so we'll see how, how you bring that. You are um, an influential speaker and, mm. and writer. So, you know, like well, what do they say? This, now this will date us a little bit, right? EF Hutton speaks. Yeah, everybody, people listen. Everybody listen. <laughs> people listen, right? Well, that you know, for for a good while, I I had a I had a dream at one point. Not, I don't mean a dream, but a sleeping dream, a goal at one point uh, to be a speech writer. And I've done some writing of speeches, but I mean, you know, a speech writer for uh, like a president or uh, and the press secretary. You know, I've had those, but um, that's a lot of heat that press secretary thing. So that's you know, that's no longer um really on my bucket list so i'm not saying no i'm not saying no <laughs> i'm not i'm not saying no but it's not something that's on my list I, it could be added to my list but well then the next question that 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 piggy that goes to my next question is one um a listener wrote in is um do you have any other goals any 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 goal other goals other than what i've done already yeah. um yeah yeah, I'm I'm goal oriented. Um, well, I like to say I'm results oriented. You know, I don't want to go after goals for the sake of going after goals. I'm I'm really God oriented in the sense that I truly want His will for my life. And of course, you have dreams and goals and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I I know that I'm going to write more books. Um, would I call that a goal? Only because no, because it's painful. I know it's a painful process, but I, you know, I know that's a part of, you know, what I do, not just the writing of articles and stuff, but probably more books. I shouldn't say probably more books. So that's a goal. I'd like to, I have the platform obviously right here, the Adrian Ross show, but I'd like to see that expand and reach more people. Um, so that's a, that's a, a dream of mine, a goal of mine to, um, to, to um, have the support to be able to do more of what I do, which I believe is important, you know. Um, I, um, and ultimately my, my biggest goal is that everything that I do, like see God uses these different areas, the seven mountains as they call them, you know, some people are in education like you are and I used to be, some people are in media, some people, you know, um, whatever. I, I if it's the political arena or whatever it is, I, I want to see people's lives change for the Lord. So I want, and I don't know how those two things go together, you know, all, all the time, but I, the ultimate goal in my life is to bring honor to God and to allow, and for, to be a, um, to be an influence in other people coming to know God and being strengthened. And that's the biggest goal of my life. So to preach the gospel, absolutely. To, to draw souls to Jesus, absolutely. To write more books to, um, and there are some goals that I have um, that I'm not willing to share yet. So, you know, but, you know, I'm pretty much an open book for the most part, meaning you can kind of look at my life and tell what matters to me. Right. Right. And you're consistent. So, so to that, to that end, um, by the way, this person wrote before she wrote, she wrote, um, do you have any more goals to reach? She said, you are a beautiful, beautiful person inside and out. And so I thought we should share that as well. 
Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so to that end, in um, all the things that you do, you're a writer for, an editor for Breitbart, you're um, a, um, you're an author, an acclaimed author here. You are, um, and your goal obviously is to write more books. There's so much more in you, of course. We've got our fantastic Pusher Way to Purpose, and I, um, I, I feel like it's um, going to be even pushed more to the forefront. Um, and the, you know, our famous uh, Alma books, which is great. Yeah. And um, the column, the podcast, you know, helping in the political arena here and there. So how do you get it all done? That's the next question. What does your weekly schedule look like? <laughs> I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And- yeah, I, I don't I don't sleep a lot, you know, um, and so I and I, I manage. I don't know how I don't know how wise this is, you know, but I manage to operate on very little sleep, you know, and so that enables me at times uh, to to write my column or to record the podcast or try. I mean, my mind is always going, you know, I've had people say to me like in, in, in I'm a John Maxwell certified speaker, trainer and coach. So I was doing a whole lot of um, masterminds and coaching of, you know, individuals and things like that. And it was never ending. Sometimes I would, you know, I would have like a, a mastermind group somewhere. And then I was rushing home because I had a virtual one after that, you know, and then there's reading and preparation for that. In addition to all the reading that I do as an editor at Breitbart. So there's all that stuff. So, but I've had people who have said to me in the past, you have to slow down, you know, you have to. And I'm like, and I'm like, this is what fuels me though. Right. You know? And so <clears throat> I, I don't want to not do what, um, what I feel called to do and what fuels me. So what is my week like? I don't know. The good thing is on my full-time job, um, I have, they have carved out some time for me to work my business. And that includes when I was out speaking, which I, I took the year off from the speaking and the masterminds and the coaching because of the surgery. And I'm still recuperating from all of that. So I'm slow to get back moving, but they carved out some time so that I could do some of the business stuff, go into businesses and do training and everything. So um, that's on a weekly level. But then with all the medical stuff, I find those that time that was carved out for my business is being spent at doctor's appointments, you know? Oh, yeah. So, um, I, you know, I don't know how to define that. It just depends. There's a lot of time I spend in front of this computer and um, thinking and planning and writing or um, whatever. I, I can't, I couldn't give a set schedule, you know, of what, I, of how everything, how do my day goes from beginning to end? It, it's, it can be chaotic. You know, how do you prioritize? Maybe that's a, a, a good a good question. Since your since your week fluctuates, how do you prioritize all those things to get, you know, to categorically get everything done that you desire to get done? I mean, you're the most um, productive person I think I know. Um, and um, I'm, I'm bored by that is, is I get ready to, to, you know, as I'm trying to line things up to launch different things, businesses and things in, in my life, I'm thinking, how does Adrian do all this? Yeah, I think my answer is I just do it. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I just, 
I just do it. Now I do, like I said, I, pro- I probably need to rest more. I probably need to make sure that I'm not eating dinner at midnight, which sometimes happens. You know, I got these cats who are like, you see one right there. Fucking point there. You know, I don't know where the other one is, but you know, believe it or not, I mean, I don't have any children, you know, but believe it or not there, sometimes I'm working at the computer and they're just like, we want to run and play, you know? And so, so uh, I know that sounds weird, but you know, you have, that's a responsibility too. And, um, and I just keep going until I, I can't, till I'm done, till I run out of hours, you know, and I manage to get stuff done. I have a column that people subscribe to and pay for. So it's got to be done, you know, and I have to, t- and I'm, and I am driven um, to do what I feel I'm supposed to do. And, um, and that's why with this, the, the podcast here, there are times I'm like, ah, I could, there are times I could say I'm not doing it this week. It's not like I'm at the point now where I'm going to have 10,000 people saying, where are you? I probably have to remind them that I wasn't on that day, you know? And so it's not that way, but I just, I believe in being consistent and it is a passion, you know? And so I, um, I do it. And obviously Lord, obviously he's got to be a priority. Obviously prayer, um, needs to be a priority. And, and it's like, he, he, he enables me to do what I do. And there's always like something else. Like, I mean, I have an online school, which I don't have to do anything for it. It runs itself, but I had to create it, you know? And, uh, there was, there's that. But my mind is always going and I'm not afraid to try. That's excellent. So how do I get it done? The grace of God and working, working and working. They always say, um, if you're an overnight success, it, it took you years and years to become an overnight success. That's you know, right. that's, a good, that's a good statement. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, OK, then. So but so your encouragement to the rest of us um, slackers, I guess, is that <laughs> come on. <laughs> get it together. Yeah. Well, you know what? The main thing is that you're passionate. You know, that's the, I think that's the, that's clear is that we are going to do, you know, we as in people are going to do anything that we are passionate for. We're passionate for it. It's going to get done. Exactly. And here, I'll just be vulnerable here. There are times when I I honestly think, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Like who really, like sometimes it's like people really don't even care about what you're doing or you, you expect to have a certain impact or influence, or you're really trying. And it's like, nothing is working. Like nobody's thinking cares or, you know, and so sometimes I just want to just like, what's it, what's it all for? But I know in my spirit that in spite of what I might see or not see now, I know what God has said and what passion he's put in me. So although I can't, see the end of like, when, when is it going to really matter? (laughs) You know, um, I have to know that I just have to be consistent and just, just do what he says to do and the doors that he opened and, um, and allow somebody's going to be touched. If it's just one person, you know, touched, then that's one person who's touched. So, um, I just keep walking. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and you know what? And, and, let, let, and let me just say this too. And I realize what may make me different from other people, if, if that's a way to say it, is that I know there's no, I, I don't wait until I feel fully qualified to do something. Mm-hmm. And I don't wait until the right time because I joke and I say the right time is a lot like the right man for me it just hasn't come yet. You know, there's no right time. It's just the time. And if I wait to do it, 
it's the law of, what is it? The law of diminishing intent. The longer I wait to do what I know I need to do, the least likely I am to do it. So I don't have to be 100% qualified. I have to be willing and passionate and do it. Wow. Well, that is amazing. That should be on the byline. Byline, yeah. One of the bylines of uh, if I if I wait for it to be yeah. an expert, yeah. to be capable, to be you know, to be whatever. I'm just not going to do it. You yeah. know. Yeah. So just yeah. let's just do it. Okay. Let's do it. And that didn't really answer the question about my schedule, but you know. Well, I think we got a good look. You know, you, you have to put you put one foot in front of the other and um, get everything that needs to be done done. Yep. Yeah. Okay. 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 Let's see what else we have here. Um, Ooh, let's see how this is. Let's go talk about family and relationships here. How are you able to maintain? I'm here, everybody. I'm plugging in my phone. Uh, Sorry. Okay. How are you able to maintain a positive, loving relationship with family members and friends whose ideologies are vastly different from yours? Well, people are people. People are not, people are people, people are not, um, uh, people are not tools. Uh, uh, People, people are people. I mean, we love people. It's not, if you've got an ideology, uh, if you've got something you're doing or working on, ultimately it's about people, right? Uh, Hopefully a country which made up of people or a church, which is made up of people or whatever. And so, yeah, there are people whose ideology are, ideologies are vastly different, you know, and, um, and sometimes I get attacked as a result of that verbally attacked comments and stuff like that. And they come and, you know, it can be hard to love some of those. So feels, it can feel hard to love some of those people, but you kind of just like, oh, I don't know any better, you know, and it's not going to stop me from doing what I do and speaking what I believe I'm supposed to speak. And so you, you love because, you know what, I'm loved. I don't know. People are, you know, they're family members who don't have the same political leanings I have. Number one, we don't talk about it. <laughs> you know, that helps keep the peace, you know. Right. Um, but number two, you know, I've seen people who just friendships were torn apart, like over um, elections. And I'm like, you, that doesn't make sense to me. Right. You know, at the end of the day, we're family or we're friends and this politician is going to come and go and do what they do. And so I don't want to end relationships. It's been heated at times, but I love that person for who that person is. So I don't know how else to answer that. Well, I think that's good. I think you're, you're right. I mean, we can't, we're not going to always agree with everybody that we love or that we come in contact with clearly. And, you know, and I, I think having an open and honest discourse is good for the, good for the mind and, and good for the heart and, and then being, and then having the capacity and the control to still love somebody, to still appreciate yeah. them, still say, to look beyond what they may or may not agree with. And, um, you know, we're still, we're, we're, yeah. we're still human. You're right. Absolutely. All that. right. Okay. I think this might be the last, oh, no, no, there's two questions. Two um, more. Okay. okay. Let's see. This is um, an interesting question. This is a, 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 a um, spiritual question, if you will. It says, have you ever had a dream where you move or flap your arms like a bird and you fly up in the air? 
I believe I have these dreams when someone prays for me. Tell me what you think. Do you think God would give us the book of Revelation and not allow us to understand it? <laughs> well, if God give well, God, um, they're talking about dreams, which I mentioned earlier. God does speak through dreams. Um, uh, and so God uses symbols. You know, I mean, you could say somebody just asked me yesterday, I think it was, we were talking about a dream. And, uh, and they're like, why does God, why doesn't he just make it just straightforward? Like why dreams? But, you know, you look in the Bible and that's, he used symbols and stuff. And, and um, I've heard people say over and over again, um, and, and whether this scripture is being used accurately, you know, take some digging into, but I've heard everyone who talks about dreams, they talk about this passage of scripture that says, you know, it's the, it's the glory of the Lord to conceal a matter and see honor of Kings to search it out. And that God desires that we search things out, you know? Um, and so we seek God as far as what that dream means, you know, he's, he obviously sees a pattern, you know, when they, you know, with the dreams. And so, you know, um, the Bible also lets us know that the interpret does not the interpretation belong to the Lord, right? So the Lord has the interpretation. So we need to seek him. If we don't know, then we have to seek him and trust that he's not, no, with revelation or anything, book of revelation or anything else, God's desire not to confuse those who are his, you know, it's not his desire. So if he gives us something, he expects us to understand it, you know, and that sometimes takes time and learning how God speaks to us. You know, there are ways, there are things that I learn and continue to learn, particularly when it comes to dreams. There's certain ways that the Lord will communicate to me. And I've learned over time. I'm still learning a lot, but the little I've learned, I've learned over time how God will speak to me about certain things. You know, revelation, no. Um, yeah, I guess there are some things we're not going to understand until God reveals it, you know. And then there are other things that we search and seek out and pray about and we get revelation of, I think. You what do you, you have to what do you think? Yeah, I think I agree. I you know, the Bible says that um that we will we see through a glass darkly. So yeah. we may not see the whole picture, we may not understand. And maybe you know, if you live long enough, you realize, you know, I have no idea why it happened the way it happened. Why yeah didn't go the way that I anticipated or, you know, why God healed this, but didn't heal that or, or healed it this way, or, you know, move this person here or, or move that, you know, so there, there, are, there are probably hundreds or thousands of things that we may not understand in this life, but you know, I'm, I'm, you says, but one day, you know, the yeah. scripture tells us that when yeah. we are changed, you know, then um, that we will understand it. I, my dad loves that song. Um, we'll understand it better. Bye and bye. <laughs> bye and bye yeah <laughs> we can go old school he and I used to stick a couple songs together I think I'll probably always you know when I reflect on those things when I try to understand something you know that just um, at the end of it at the end of a thing trying to understand why it went down that way why it happened that way I'm like okay yeah. God I'm not you you know yeah. that's that's ultimately ultimately that's it but um, I love what you said about um, seeking you know, the scripture that talks about seeking a matter, seeking a matter out, seeking God, and, and um, he's not the author of confusion. So, mm -hmm. you know, have peace, 
whatever my husband loves to say this whatever you have if you if there is peace on it you yep. know that is a um that is a, a really good parameter by which it's you so true because god is he's not the author of confusion he's mm-hmm. not anything any dream or any situation that's meant to torment you that's 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 not from god so yeah follow follow peace that's the answer and i think when it comes to certain things too i mean we are god gives us little tidbits and we we have to steward them well that's like even dreams and people are like oh you know i'm having this dream and i i think it's the lord you know or whatever it is and, and yet we don't take the time to write it down so we forget we don't pray over it we, you know and so it's like we wonder why some, sometimes not saying the case with the person who posed this question but sometimes we don't have the answer but we are we really seeking the Lord about it, praying about it and stewarding it. And I think there are a lot of times when God's trying to get our attention with things that we, we think it's just, Oh, it's just the pizza that I had that's, you know, or it's just this and that, you know, I think there's a lot more of an attempt by the Lord to communicate with us than we will realize at times. And so we don't steward those things well. And, um, and we have to seek the Lord. Some things are clear. Some things are not. Right away. Anyway. Yeah. That's true. You got one more? One more. One last question is your worst regret in life. (laughs) She saved that one for last. What is my worst regret in life? Yeah. I think um, I have more than one regret, but I'm going to say that uh, right up there, if not the worst is certainly close. And that is, um, not long after college, my, um, and, and Kia, we were in the church together there and we were having, um, planning, the church was having a, a revival. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so during that time, if I remember correctly, it was during that time that my brothers, I have, uh, my, my brothers have the same mom and we have a different mom, but their mom passed away their mom died and um and i didn't go to the funeral uh and um you know these are young boys you know and i'm i don't know i want to say this right i want to say this right but i somehow had the uh, thought i somehow had the mindset that the right thing to do was to be at church because that's kind of the expectation and kind of what you did at the time. And, and there are things like that that I look back on and I go, I, I was feeling like I'm supposed to be there because I was expected to be there. Mm-hmm. But if I had to do it all over again, I, I would be I would be there with my brothers who were young to, to be with them when we we're saying goodbye to their mother, when they're dealing with the loss of a, of a mother. And, um, and so, and, you know, sometimes you wonder how much that weighs into how relationships end up and stuff, those things. And I don't, I don't know, but I, um, if I had to do it again, I would be there for them. And then I, it was a, a similar experience is a regret too with my aunt, she had surgery, but I was expected to be back in church. And so I went to be with her after the surgery, but I left before she was really well enough where I should have left. But um, I was pretty much, like I said, expected to be back. And I, 
I did. I came back. And I, I wish that my mom was fine, you know, um, and everything. This is many, many years ago. I was in my early 20s and I was trying to do the right thing. So there were things where I felt, I feel like I thought I was honoring God in my life mm-hmm. by honoring authority in my life. Mm-hmm. But um, I just don't think it was the right decision. Not to not to not honor the authority, but to honor the p- other people and, and you know, it's touchy, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's it's tough. I think um, growing up in you know we have similar backgrounds and growing up in very strict, um, yeah, environment, very strict environment. You know, we we kind of um, you know look at things. Um, between black or white and we're like okay so this is right and this is wrong and you know and 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 and, you know we realize later we I've realized later that you know that was not what God was saying at all and um, you know so that is that is it to me has been shocking you know in in kind of in line with what you're saying um, you know I wish I had had I looked at it with the right filter or the right glasses with God glasses then yeah. you know, instead of my peepers um, with God's yes. glasses, you know, I, that, that situation could have done right. But my daughter said recently um, she's 24 and she's, you know, God is just dealing with her heart. And, and she said, you know, I realized that everything that I've gone through in my life had to happen. It happened. It didn't have to happen, but it happened for a reason. And, you know, it's not going to go wasted. And, you know, and, and, and I was thankful for those wise words that she said, but, you know, as a parent looking back, like, oh man, had I done this, mm-hmm. this way, man, that may have had such a different outcome. And of course it would have been different if we don't know if it would have been better, just different. Um, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, who's to say, who's to yeah. say, you can't settle on that, but, you know, and having, you know, it's so important when really in all the questions that were asked of you tonight to have the right glasses on mm. what glasses are we wearing that's so true and you know when you look back to you know when we're wearing those whatever glasses we're wearing at the time it doesn't have the capacity for us to see into the future you know and uh and so it can be it can be tricky and especially when there's there's so many moving parts to certain things like like the regret with i mean i i was kind of stuck you know, you're kind of like stuck because you're, you got this that you're trying to answer to. And then you've got this where your heart's pulling you and you, you know, and I I think there's so many things perhaps that have been done in the name of doing the right thing. Um, And the Lord was like, I wasn't, that wasn't what I was required to do, you know, and, 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 and God can, um, even things that we just, we fall on our faces uh, that God it's like, God's like, I, I get it. I understand the situation you're in, but that doesn't change the fact that it doesn't impact sometimes the relationships that we have Absolutely. with people. Um, so I, I don't know that I have, I don't know that I have a lot of regrets. Perhaps I do, but I don't have any, I don't have a whole lot of huge regrets. You know, there are some others that are just between me and the Lord, you know, but um I, I just thank God for his grace and his mercy. But if I could, if that's a regret because, you know, my brothers, their mom, that not being there for them. Sure. Nah, don't like that at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, it, it, it is the grace and the mercy of God that um, we can go on. But you know what's encouraging, I think, is um, that other people, you know, we're not alone. Other people have gone through, have, can look back and say the same same thing. And as people get older, they're, they're going to also be able to say, oh, you know, yeah. And it may not have been this situation or anything like it, but it's going to be something. Yeah. 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 You know? and, and yeah. Neither of them have ever said anything about that. You know, it may be the farthest thing from their mind. I don't know. It's about me, if nothing else. What I know, but when I, as what was the saying, when I knew better, I did better. Of course, I won't have a chance to do that again, you know, but. Right. Was that Maya Angelou? I think I read that. No, I don't think that. I don't know where that came from. I just hear that. When I know better, you know, but sounds like something she was said. Yeah. You know, maybe she did. So, yeah. So that was la- the last question? That was the last question. Yeah, well, good. All right, well. Well, do you have any other questions, um, Adrian Ross, Ross's, Adrian Ross Show audience? Um, please send them in. I will be so happy to join her again. Yes. These amazing questions to her. Yes, I appreciate it. I don't even know what your name is after this. Kia, I really appreciate you doing this, um, not just asking the questions, but also you chiming in on these, on the questions as well. And so I just want to say to, um, you know, everyone out there, thank you so much for those who sent in questions. And, um, I hope that, uh, we did justice in addressing those questions. And if there's something that needs to be clarified, you know, shoot me, uh, an email or anything, adrianrosscom at gmail.com. And uh, I'd love to hear, hear more from you. And I hope we get to do this ever so often, you know, cause I, I like this, you know, I like that, the Q and a thing, you know, so, all right. Well, I just want to say thank you again for tuning into the Adrian Ross show. Please be sure to go to the bmgnetwork.com. That is the bmgnetwork.com and check out the other podcasts there. We are engaging, enlightening, informative, and even entertaining. So thank you for tuning in. Got some exciting things coming up, but we'll talk about that another time. So um, thank you for tuning in once again. I'll catch you the next time. God bless you abundantly. And thank you, Kia Cordell. You're welcome. Good to be here. All right. God bless you guys. The Adrian Ross Show was produced and edited in the BMG studio. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Find more episodes of The Adrian Ross Show at thebmgnetwork.com and major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in regularly. You don't want to miss even one episode.